0: Welcome to potadelphia my name is Dave Biorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster, and I'm joined by two guys who are whew, uh, looking forward to talking about sports. What's up, Chuck?
1: <laughs> yeah, Dave. Uh, this is Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Philadelphia. Yeah, anything. Um, I'm. I'm going a little blind. We came up with a uh, outline earlier this week of what we're going to talk about. And then um, pretty much the world went to even more hell than <laughs> it had been before. And I can't remember a damn thing on the agenda. And I can't tell you how excited I am to talk about these things I I remembered a week ago. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to to doing it.
2: And my name is Gene Zelak. You can find me on Twitter at producer Gene. And uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm mostly excited to talk about uh, my millionaire friends who are squabbling with their billionaire friends. So um, yeah, that's that's the thing that it really has kept me <laughs> get worried all all this week. You know, are are the people that are making 26 million going to get every dime of that 26 million this season?
0: Well, it's good to know you have friends yeah. besides <laughs> us, uh, and it sounds like they're doing great. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I thought Gene was just
1: describing an argument between you and I, Dave.
0: <laughs> like, and you know, I don't, I don't care which one I am.
1: <laughs> yeah, neither do
0: I. <laughs> uh, but in that all, nice all know, air, Yeah, in, <laughs> in all seriousness, um, you know, there's there's uh, a, a lot going on right now that uh, you know I'm not quite sure we are qualified uh, to speak on. Uh, Although, you know, some of our conversations today will will infringe on um, some of the political environment that's going on with the country these days. Uh, But uh, I don't know. uh, Largely, I think we I think we should just uh, offer a little bit of escapism and uh, and focus on, you know, there's a lot of neat stuff going on with sports right now. So, I mean, uh, Chuck or Gene, if you guys want to jump in here and lay any. Any foundational groundwork to the show as it relates to that? Feel free. Yeah, I think I just have to echo that same sentiment. We're we're
1: not trying to debate the heavy issues of the world right now. We are your escapism. I, I'm grateful for this escapism. <laughs> I'm grateful to have something to talk about other than looking at the news and going, Holy crap. Uh, We're not trying to be flippant. We're not trying to be dismissive. There are plenty of outlets to talk about serious things, and we're just going to talk about sports tonight, Uh, mostly.
2: (laughs) I have to say that um, I'm really looking forward to um, being able to discuss the possibility of an actual sport coming back in the very near future and the premise being a competition for a championship that that may happen before the summer is out. And it, it, it's seeming like every day that goes by, we're getting closer and closer to that being a reality. And uh, actually I'm going to pose this to Chuck because uh, this is of course the NHL we're talking about. Uh, was this the, the plan that you thought you would see the hub cities, the 2014 or it's 24 teams. I think that are in.
1: Um, yep, It's 24 teams. Yep. And, um, Yes and no. So before the announcement um, uh, earlier this week or or last week when you're listening to this um, uh, from Gary Bettman, pretty much all of the details were out there uh, with the exception of the, the details with the draft. Um, we We attempted to talk about the first version of this. If you go back and listen to one of the episodes, we mentioned the topic go, huh, that'd be kind of neat. Don't get into any of the details. So, um, the only difference from from what I attempted to talk about a few weeks ago to this is uh, two hub cities as opposed to four. And the people who make the playoffs, um, it's entirely by conference. We're throwing division out. Um, and... Uh, The only difference there is I think uh, the Rangers got in ahead of Buffalo,
0: but it's, it's pretty damn close. And then it's, it's exciting. It should be fun. So as this, as this relates to the Flyers, um, pretty favorable situation for the Flyers. I, I feel, um, you know, the the way the top seed is determined is through a round robin where the top 4 teams the Flyers being the fourth team so really all they can do is improve on their existing position now when the playoffs start here's something i wasn't sure of when i listened to the press conference it said to determine the top seed um is it also mm-hmm. determining the second third and fourth seed yes it yeah, is it's okay. you yeah,
1: it's uh seeding one through four, they're playing a round robin tournament um to decide it. I think in our sports text message chain <laughs> um when this was happening, yeah, you know, there's some talk of like, well, why would a team like Boston um or even Tampa be in favor of this? They have so much to lose. Why not just give them a buy? As opposed to making them play games that kind of matter, and I think that's the whole point. They want these games to matter, and well, there was with a, the whole, season being a whole series short, of games.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a whole series of games that would have had to matter for those seeds yeah. anyway.
1: Yeah, the the Boston, I think, pretty much had it locked up. There was no chance for the Flyers to get the number one seed in the conference, but we were well on our way to overtaking the Capitals. Now, that was no guarantee, but it would have, it was certainly a possibility.
0: Right. But now um, that you're going to throw out the division, uh, throw the divisions and only focus on the conference, um, that really that favors all four of the top teams, right? Yeah. Well, it,
1: it favors everybody except Boston,
0: who would have just had the number
1: one. Right, right, right. Oh, I right, see right. what you're saying. I see. It. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, it does favor Boston. Um, right, so uh, they have, they have Tampa. Exactly. So um, in the old divisional format, in the long, long ago, in the before time, in the old, <laughs> the old divisional format, there was no way that Boston and Tampa would not play each other any later than the second round. Because the second round was going to be for the – um, Atlantic Division Championship. Here, Boston. Let's say they land that number one seed, and Tampa lands the number two seed, and they continue and chalk wins. Well, they're playing for the right to go to the Stanley Cup Final, and that would not have happened. There's no way it could have happened under the divisional format. Um, so so that N-
0: is the NHL actually... going to continue? Is the NHL going to continue to not reseed?
1: That's up in the air. Okay, um, we, still, we still don't know I, that. Okay,
0: we don't we don't
1: know that yet. I and I, I don't really have a, a sense of which way the wind is blowing. If I had to guess, I'm going to guess that they would not recede. Um, uh, I don't know. It depends on fairness versus selling the whole uh, tournament brackets, which. Right. haven't been a thing yet for the NHL but based off the amount of coverage they got being like the first league you know to to work on coming back you know you wouldn't it's not a bad idea to go hey here's something that you and your your office can gamble over virtually you know on your Zoom call everyone talk about their NHL bracket um but that's that's still to be determined
2: well here here's another thing with kind of rolled into that one of the reasons why you would fight for a higher seed is to uh, have longer home ice advantage. Obviously, we know how important home ice advantage is in, in the NHL, especially when you get into these later playoff rounds. Uh, you want to be doing that and, you know, have a game seven on your ice. Uh, once you have these uh, hub cities, neutral ice, no fans, um, do you think that being the home team will matter, or is it just going to be seven games you know maybe we change jerseys but you know on laundry day um you <laughs> know what what's what's your sense as far as how that's going to uh, you know there there was certainly an element of that strategy you know as you're playing through the end of the season you want to try to jockey for a higher seed once you throw that out does it does it really matter if you're the three or the four seed other than matchup um,
1: yes the short answer is yes Um, It does matter because of last change. Mm -hmm. So in the NHL, the home team has the right to put out their players last and think of, you know, two of the top four teams in the East, you have Boston with Patrice, uh, Patrice uh, Bergeron and the Flyers with uh, Sean Couturier late in the game. You know, let's say it's game seven Stanley cup final you need a defensive zone draw to win it. If you're the home team and you can put out, you know, Sean Couturier, uh, Claude Giroux, and Kevin Hayes, just to mix it up for a potentially better defensive line, um, you can put that up as opposed to, you know, putting it out there and then some, you know, making a tactical decision to put out somebody else, you know, to To try to match lines, so it's going to depend on the team, um, how big of an advantage it is. I mentioned the Flyers' home ice being an advantage for them because of that last change, but they're also um, they were an incredibly deep team too. You know, a team that could roll four lines. Um, so the short answer. Well, it's not short anymore. I think the the ship has sailed on being a short answer, but um, the long answer is, it, it matters a little, um, but it's not it's not going to be a a make or break kind of thing.
0: Um, what goes? What are the other Chuck? What are the other teams doing when when we're playing round robin? They're playing their playing game. So
1: the. It's not going to be the first round of the playoffs. The quote-unquote playoffs are still going to be 16 teams. The top four teams, um, so before the playoffs begin, we're in the postseason, but not the playoffs. Before the playoffs begin, before the first round, the top four seeds in the conference play the round robin for positioning. The other eight teams... Will play a five game series to see who makes it to the playoffs. So it's kind of semantics here. More or less the playoffs start in this. Right. It's just playoff round zero. Yeah. Yeah. And so their games matter far more than the games that the Flyers will be playing. Right. But they're still getting meaningful games in. I'm talking about the top
0: Are those one game play ins? No no, it's a 5 game series. 5 so, game series. So there's okay. a ma- so yeah. there's
2: teams matched up against each other. You win your series you're in, you lose that series, you go home. You're well,
0: you lose your series, you lose the series. Now you're in the lottery for the uh the draft, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. And um we are not going to discuss the draft uh, <laughs> lottery. We're just not, It the, the flyers will not be involved. So they will I, not. I don't care. And we want to make this show under two hours. today. <laughs> <laughs> so We are but not talking about that. It's, but it's, it's, it's frustrating. Really it, but That is kind of frustrating because we really can't talk about playoff matchups yet. Like we, the only teams that we know we're going to play are Boston, Tampa and Washington.
1: Yes, correct. Correct. And we're going and two and one
0: by the way. Going two and one? Yeah, we're getting the 2 seed. Okay. That's my prediction. That... I'm laying it out there right now.
1: Uh, dude, it's all going to come down to how
0: I don't Carter know plays in a neutral site. We I'm not even worried about the
1: the site thing, but he's going to be the the youngest starting goalie of any quality in this tournament and it's how quickly he can get back up to speed you know ever and it happens in all sports but that hot team the one that starts the season quickly and you're like you know i was gonna say buffalo and then i couldn't determine if i meant the sabers or the bills well it's true for both of them you're like they're gonna cool off eventually you know you have a good two months and it's like Alright, well Buffalo's just killing it. Here, you have a good two months. You can
0: you can win the whole damn thing. Gene, who was the guy who was the guy on the Rockies a couple of years back that he started so hot out of the gate you thought it was like Trevor's story?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. The the shortstop. So he
0: was like on pace to have like eighty-five home, home runs, runs yeah, that season, like through the month of April. We need a start like that from Carter Hart. And it's so hard to tell. It's it,
1: Anyone who says, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm an expert. This is how it's going to play out. It's just there's too many variables. There's way too many variables to know. But the Flyers' depth is a great thing for them. You know, the the Phantoms, their season is done. Um, so all those guys who went back and forth between the Phantoms and the Flyers, they're all going to be with the Flyers. So if the fourth line struggles for a game or two, you can, you know, fold in other players but we don't have to solidify a playoff roster for this i mean we will but it's it's a extended roster okay, and right. even even in regular the regular um nhl playoffs, because they
0: are limiting how many people we can even like bring to these uh neutral sites right that is correct
1: but a term you hear in hockey is called the black aces. These are the people skating with the team but
0: not playing. And whoa, well, I would never heard of that before. I never, oh, never heard of the black aces? No, it's yeah. pretty cool. I, I heard of Jack Deuce, but I've never heard of the, uh, the black. <laughs> that's Gene's poker nickname by the way.
2: Hey man, get a suit Oh, offsuit, suit, whatever, it's man. You just got to you just got to bet it hard. That's it.
1: Speaking of bedded hard, man, poker stars in Pennsylvania. Whew, like I, I have taken that thing off my phone. Oh, good. It's not cause I'm losing. It's cause I'm winning. Yeah. But, but it's, it's, it's just like, all right. You know, I wasted four hours of my evening and I'm, I'm leaving up 50 bucks and then I'm like, all right, I need to chill out and go to bed. I'm like, you know, if I had just take everything out but that fifty bucks, it's just free money, man. <laughs> and there goes three more hours of my. Yeah.
0: I could do patience at a real table, patience at an online table. I just can't. I, I don't have it, so I just steer clear of that nonsense. Yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah, steer clear. Steer clear. Yeah. Um,
2: but but speaking of gambling, uh, how crazy are the uh, is the betting going to be on this tournament? Do you? It'll it'll literally be the only game in town. Uh, are the lines out
1: for uh, just just the? They were. Let me see if I can find them. Um, the lines are almost entirely the the ranking by port uh, points percentage that I saw.
0: Yeah, I guess um, so. like minus uh, eight hundred or something. Win the whole thing.
2: But I mean, if you if you're um, a, perhaps, a but... if you're a gambler, I mean, this has got to really throw off any kind of system you usually use because what data do you have for a neutral site? um playoff format like this and and with as many teams as there's going to be and uh you know how do you bet on those first four uh, you know the way those teams are going to play because you you don't really know you know how those those teams are going to strategize you know or or, are the flyers going to come out and really try to you know jockey and get a higher seed are they going to play it safe in order to just kind of get to the the big tournament Healthy. If you're a if you're a gambler, this is like tear your hair out because uh, you're you're feening for a fix. But you know if you if you think that you've got any kind of edge on the house, it goes right out the window in a situation like this.
0: The Flyers yeah. are twelve to one um, on th- the William Hill odds uh, as of like ten hours ago. Uh, flyers are uh, what did I say 12, twelve to one.
2: Twelve
0: to one. Um, so that puts us as the two four. So seventh, uh, seventh, I don't know, team most likely to win the Cup. Huh.
1: I, I would thought they'd be slightly higher. But, I mean, I'm talking about like one place. So it's it really is
0: yeah, not a big I, deal. I mean, that's not to win the East. I mean, they're um... – Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, they'll win the whole thing. Yeah.
1: but and, and it really does come down to Carter Hart being so young. You know, I had mentioned before, anyone who tells you they know what's going to happen is, you know, lying to you. But here's what's going to happen. <laughs> Look out for the um, I was going to say Carolina Panthers, the Florida Panthers. Um, the the system they play, the makeup of their team with um, Bob in net. If Bob comes out hot, like the the Panthers could be in the Eastern Conference Final comfortably. While well, everyone else is just getting warmed up. The goalies are going to outpace the skaters by a, a large margin in this. And I think Florida just has the recipe to make a bit of noise against some rusty teams. Hey, you know, 60, yeah, to one, yeah.
0: 60 to 1 odds on that, Chuck. So get in.
1: Damn, I just talked about my gambling addiction moments ago, but... I am an enabler, dude. In
0: case you haven't known that about me. uh, so (laughs) so, 20 years of friendship, I am an enabler. So that's why we're friends.
2: Exactly.
0: And our wives hate
2: each (laughs) other. Here's here's the other question. Who is going to uh, benefit from these, um, for lack of a better term, quiet arenas? Um, Is it going to be the skaters, the goalies, or the fans? That's the big question.
1: Um... Uh,
0: it, I don't know I, who really will benefit. From I, it I'm, being... I'm interested. I'm interested in this because I, I did any of you watch the UFC fight last night? No, no. Um, so ESPN had had the UFC fights on last night and they were th- no fans. It was a, um, a slightly smaller octagon. Um, but what I, what I really liked about that, although it was kind of weird to have you know, it was Bruce Buffer, which is the younger brother bruce yeah 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 do the whole like announcement and then just dead silence after yeah, that's weird fighter's name um but you could hear every like you could hear every uh slap um you could hear the corners talking to one another i think there's a real opportunity to get some like I don't know. I almost call it like unprecedented access, but like you know, is some in-game access of like real time what is going on? Yeah, and, 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 and that's I do of, not want them to pump crowd noise in. I'm no. off of that. Uh,
2: that yeah. that was that was I kind agree. of like my, why I threw the fans in as kind of like a, 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 a something that could benefit from this scenario because it. What I'm imagining, because I don't see them putting on necessarily an on-ice reporter the way that they do. Uh, like, between the benches. But I could see using some sort of wireless microphone system at different places in the arena and really capturing uh, kind of something that even if you are sitting ice side, you can't really hear, um, unless you're right behind the bench, uh, you know, a playoff game being coached, how the the teams talk to each other. Um, You know somebody's got to sit on that dump button because there are going to be a lot of <laughs> F-bombs that are going to go flying. Like I I can't imagine that you're going to be able to say to a team of professional hockey players, watch your language. I, I just don't see that happening. So I don't know what kind of delay they're going to put on uh, or if they're just going to say literally fuck it and um, you know, just let it go as it, as it is. Um, but the other, the uh, but on a more kind of a strategic note, uh, I think that, you're going to see things psychologically from players playing in front of an empty arena that you, you're you either going to see certain players rise to an occasion that you didn't expect, or you might see players that you didn't know fed off of crowd energy um, not look as good or as sharp maybe as you expect.
1: All those are, are very interesting points. Um, I, I think the, mo- the people that stand to benefit most I think, uh, like you were saying, Dave, would be the fans. You got some real chances to see the game shot in a way it's never been before. You know, have an extra camera to hang out in the third row in. You know, you can really yeah. get a hockey game shot like a miracle. You know, really on ice shooting. Um, yeah, it has to be. I, I would think they do like a second channel audio you know like tvma and then one with the piping crowd noise right. um because yeah hockey players they curse i am a fan of they curse uh, in multiple
0: languages i am a fan of putting 20,000 mannequins uh in the arena and <laughs> dressing them appropriately for each game um, see that would creep my shit out if
1: i were a player goalies are crazy so that's what you have to do they're the only ones i think that might be particularly affected by it well gritty yeah you can't gritty will not be there as far as i know
0: no 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 i'm not okay with this wait what do you mean gritty won't be there as far as i know as far as i know we can bring 50 guys one of those guys has to be fucking gritty i'm not watching flyers playoff games without gritty gritty's first playoffs come on man that's true this is bullshit Well, I don't, I I could be be wrong. Gritty's first playoffs.
2: This is, I can't, I cannot abide. I guess the problem though is, Dave, I'm not sure where Gritty's nose is in order to get him tested. I I don't know where it is underneath all that fur. Test Gritty rectally. (laughs) And you know it.
1: (laughs) And he brings his own tests. And, And just talking about Gritty and the end of times, like, is you know there were a lot of like lovecraftian jokes about gritty when he appeared and i'm really beginning to wonder it's like oh was that it did all this everything go to hell when we unleashed the old god that is gritty and like he's shown his beauty upon us and you know we were taken with it but the the world just cannot handle you know that gritty energy
0: it's going to really suck an ass when we're watching a playoff <laughs> game and, like, Gritty is, like, through a Zoom meeting uh, going to you know, d- do a thing. I, that's, I'm not into that. How much fun would Gritty have with a, a, an arena full of 20,000 mannequins? It would be chaos. It
1: would be beautiful. Yes. But, it, like, the game would stop. It would just be like, oh. <laughs> Like, don't know what the goalie was doing on that one. It's like, well, Henrik Lundquist was staring at Gritty, like, (laughs) miming an orgy behind him. (laughs) (laughs) I talk about, you know, (laughs) is the Stanley Cup champion, like, are they going to have an asterisk next to their name? (laughs) If it is, like, Gritty. He was the Flyers' best weapon. Gritty wins the freaking con Smythe because all he does is, like, debase mannequins with prop comedy, and the other (laughs) team can't compete.
2: So, Um, I mean, I think the only way you would counter that move is that Vegas would have to show up with Carrot Top, right?
1: Don't even get started on Vegas and their bullshit mascots. Chance was pulling higher. Like, Chance of the Gila Monster was pulling higher than freaking Gritty in the NHL um, season-end fan, do- fan awards.
0: Wait, I'm sorry. What is Chance of a- the Gila Monster? What is that?
1: The the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh,
0: I thought it was uh, like a Dune in
1: Armor or something. like a. Like oh, they a- have- oh. Because they weren't expecting to have any fans the first year. Like, so little they- did they know.
2: So they just hired, like, four mascots to see which one stuck?
1: yes and i like the fact that have hired four mascots <laughs> like uh who do we have next uh golden knight well golden knight looking at your resume i gotta say you you are a, a leading contender chance the Healer monster you know chance i had my doubts about you but you nailed this interview uh we <laughs> might have to rethink some of the hiring
0: we're doing here. it's like some shit on indeed yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, see, the thing is, though, the, like, the the fifth option was short guy with porn cards, and they, he didn't make the, didn't make the <laughs> cut. Well, that was what Gritty was doing before he went to the fires. Oh. I'm sorry, short guy with what? With those porn cards. Haven't you ever been to Vegas? Oh,
0: oh they like uh, the... the... <laughs>
2: yeah, they they do the yeah, tap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to okay. hand you, you know, cards with naked women on them so you can call them. They gotta, never look gotta like gotta what.
0: Catch them all. Gotta catch them all.
2: They never look like what they look like on the card. By the way, not that I know.
0: But <laughs> thanks, Gene. <laughs> uh,
2: I
1: don't think we ever came up with the official Potadelphia stance on sex work. Uh, I mean, as long as you're free your free choice and and you're benefiting for it, I guess we're
0: for it. Hey, so like, thank you, know, you Gene, for down. Stay safe and do you, um. Yeah. <laughs> Or Gene, if you're in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about some, like, local sports talk <laughs> oh. news that came up this week. Uh, you know, rolling from hockey, it's only appropriate that we go to uh, Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio, who refuses to talk about hockey.
2: Hey, look, um, it drives <laughs> down ratings.
0: What's that? It drives <laughs> down ratings. Yeah, it drives down ratings, yeah. Um, so, like – Mike Missanelli lost his mind this week. Again, Uh, this, this happened. Yeah. For the first time, it's kind of, if you've seen the clip, it was, so there was a discussion about uh, the central park incident. And if you uh, haven't seen the video is a a woman who was walking with her dog uh, off the leash um, who was confronted about this by an African American, an African American man um to which she threatened i i don't talk to me or i will call the police and tell them that you're attacking me and meanwhile she's basically strangling a cocker spaniel uh while she was doing it and just completely deplorable and and unacceptable behavior but uh, anyway this is being debated which i'm not really sure what aspect of this you could debate uh but mike missinelli found it Um, or
2: what it has to do with sports
0: well, you know, there's not a lot of sports going on right now, and you have to fill four hours every week. Yeah, their, their only choice was to talk about that or hockey. And <laughs> so they went with that. But,
1: well, I think I, – I forget the timeline of, of events. I believe I, – and correct me if I'm wrong. I believe this incident happened before everything yeah. went to shit.
0: Yes. Um, but, like, the day before – and, yeah, but the, but the, uh, the Aubrey, um, murder was before this. Oh yeah. God, it's been a bad week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all and, oh, Just to touch on that. All I have to say is thank the Lord. This space space X launch, uh, went off without a hitch because as that countdown was going, I, I, I going down, I was just thinking to myself, I can't handle it. If something, if something goes South with this launch. But anyway, yeah. Uh, but, but and the just to, I mean just to clarify before we get into this too much the dynamic of the show: Mike Missanelli, older white male; uh Tyrone Johnson, African American upstart in Philadelphia sports talk; and Natalie Eganoff, younger white woman. So I mean like. Really, the person whose opinion matters the least in this conversation is Mike (laughs) Missanelli. Well, uh, that could be said on most things that he
2: talks about, by the way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the one who's inclined to be most out of touch with the issue would be Mike Missanelli. And um, we'll jump back to it. Dave, you had said something along the lines of like, I don't know what there is to debate. And it took me a while to figure out where all this animosity came from. But uh, Mike Misinelli Missen- Mike was like sort of playing devil's advocate um, and doing it from a legal perspective. And what was never really made clear was th- there seemed to be a-, a disconnect between like morally defending her. And going, yeah, she's not going to get charged with anything because here's her defense, like her defense was like, and I think it was, um, um. Well, the it, crux it, of the I argument. his it, name? It was, the, uh, just,
0: yeah, just to, just to lay it out, the crux of the argument was Missinelli was saying that. Her defense, which, you know, you're pointing out here, it could be that she felt she was being verbally attacked or her interpretation of being attacked is differing from what, uh, you know, may come to mind initially when someone says I'm being attacked.
1: Well, and it's the very specific term of assault, because the legal definition of assault is not what you, we think of commonly. Um says the man who took one business law class but got an A in it. Um, assault, legally, is the fear of being attacked. So if you always hear, like, or the, the fear of, of harm. I don't know if it has to be physical, but it's, it's... Assault is your own perception. So assault and battery. Battery is where you get battered. It's where, it's where the actual attack happens. The assault is almost what we think of like terroristic threats where it's like
0: you, you have yeah, but,
1: terrified me. You have yeah, but you can't assaulted claim, my senses.
0: Yeah. But you can't claim to be being under attack or being assaulted because well, you are in the vicinity of a black man or he's speaking to you about something. Well, you shouldn't be
1: able to, but that was Mike's point of the fact that, well, she felt threatened. So she, she would consider that assault and, and,
0: But why try to press that – but why try to double down – like, not double down, but, like, why try to push that opinion to these two co-hosts?
1: Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's it's a pointless argument. It's a semantic argument. It's like, here's probably going to be her defense in court why she won't get, you know, won't get prosecuted for calling 911, you know, with false claims or whatever the, the, the discussion was. And it's it's meaningless it's like no we're not talking about whether she's gonna go to jail or pay a fine we're talking about how messed up this is and the the threat of i'm going to call the cops and even saying i have an african-american man like assaulting me like like calling the cops and like leading with race when the one dude was like what filming her and saying like hey don't be mean to your dog Like, so Mike Missanelli was just on such an odd tangent. Like, it's,
0: I can get what he was arguing, but I don't know why he was arguing. I think that there's, I think that there's like under, like underlying currents with his relationship with Tyrone and Natalie that's, uh, it, it seemed like it bubbled to a frustration level during this segment because, you know, when the segment was over, uh, you know he ripped off his headset threw it across the studio at his producer and then they they went to break and then what was it when they came back from break he was you, you know they're playing the intro like music and you know while he's on camera he's mouthing you know fuck you across the studio and then after that you know, he, he wasn't on the air for the rest of the week. Now, he's saying he took vacation days because he has to use vacation days. He's not going to be able to take them when sports comes back, which makes sense. <laughs> I didn't know that part. It's like, listen, I know I
1: had a racially charged incident with <laughs> with, with the up-and-coming black man who works with me. But I, I got to use this PTO time before you. I would love to be on the air defending myself. But, like... These days were carryover from last year, and normally they expire by the end of March. But there's been going on; we got delayed till June, and I had to use them, or else that just that'd be like wasted money.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh
0: my God. Yeah. And then you know, Crossing Broad reported that you know they they had information that he was suspended for the rest of the week. So you know, I, I guess we'll find out Monday, like what's happening. But it is the last year of his contract. Um, so I, I am not sure what the future of the Mike Missanelli show is.
2: This is, this was interesting to me in, in the sense that I have been, I spent, um, geez, almost 15 years of my working life in and out of, uh, different roles in radio stations. And I have been a, a producer for a talk show. And in most, in most cases, the station that I worked for was a news talk station. So they were politically charged, um, uh, talk radio segments where you would have, guests in the in the room or you would have hosts with callers who would um, they, they, you know you would have heated exchanges and I will tell you um, I can't think of, any, of of any other examples, especially considering that it's it, Mike knows that he's on television um, and knows that he's still you know one of the first things you're taught when you, when you're in a radio station is to always treat the microphones as if they are live. Um, right. to to not say anything around the microphone, whether you know, especially if you don't have total control over whether it's on or off, that you wouldn't want everyone to hear. So, it, what really surprised me because I've been in rooms where hosts have gotten exchanged exchange with producers. I have I have been the producer that have been in a heated exchange, but I have seen hosts then when they get off the air. They will either excuse themselves and then go and scream halfway down the hall. That's happened. But I've also seen it where that sort of thing happens and the host will turn to the producer and say, Hey, that was great radio. Whether they mean in the sense <laughs> that, sure. that, you know, that the, what they were saying wasn't personal or whatever, like that they aren't like, upset, but they realize that the for, first and foremost, what they are doing is providing content for their show. And what that, incident showed me is that there is something fundamentally broken about what is that team that the reaction from mike even though honestly the content leading up to that even if you could say it was controversial or edgy there was nothing that you would say that mike particularly said that would have or was said back to him that should have sparked that much outrage so the fact that that's what then came out it, it says to me more than anything else that there is something fundamentally wrong with that team and something wrong with his perception of what what it is his job is.
0: And it's strange because his whole brand and his social media persona is one that is very uh, socially conscious. Uh, So I find it kind of like off-brand, like almost brand damaging for him to take that stance. So uh, look, I I don't know if there's a – if there's a radio persona to Mike Missanelli, if he is actually the way that he appears to be, you know, when he's, you know, behind the mic or, or not or whatever, it just seems out of character, whether we're saying it's his radio character or his personal character, um, to take that position and to, like, defend it so vehemently. See, see, that's that's actually where it aligns for me. Um,
1: because we've heard about Mike Missanelli's like rage issues before. You now, the whole reason he's at the fanatic is not because it's like, hey, I have this great new opportunity. I believe <laughs> it's because he was fired from WIA. Right. Um, perhaps a similar incident um, from what I know. But I, the perception that I get just watching the, the little clip that I did was he was growing more and more frustrated with them sort of not getting what he was saying. And the 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 point I brought before was it was kind of this pointless argument. It was like semantics. And I could see I could see him being more upset if it went against his personal beliefs to go, now you have me on radio, they have clips, I'm looking like I'm defending this woman when all I'm saying is you keep saying she's gonna go to jail. Here's the reasons she's not going to jail. You know. I could see that couple of that with the rage issue, couple that with a pandemic and no one remembers to take your meds, take your meds people, you, you will see the benefits. Um, but I could see all those things snowballing to him. Go now you have me out here looking like I'm saying things I don't believe. And we also talked about, you know, off air. Is this a potential jealousy issue? Now, I don't know Tyrone very well. Um, he did, what, Sixers, Outsiders, uh, that post, post-game show? Yep, yep, still does it. And, yeah. and, you know, I rarely see that. And then I don't watch or really listen to the Mike Missanelli show. But it would be on, like, hey, I'm home from work. at 5 o'clock. Let me throw on, you know, Comcast Sportsnet. And, oh, that's right. They do the simulcast. And every time I've seen the guy, which isn't a lot, he, he's really good at his job. You know, he's has a, a very approachable, not sort of radio voice kind of, you know, talking patter. He's, um, you know, charming. He's warm. He, he makes good points. He's very easy to listen to. So I don't know if, Mike Missanelli started off with this is me and my producer and now here's me and my equal co-host. If there's some dynamic there as well. And that's, I'm, I'm quite ill-informed while speaking about this, but in my limited exposure to the dude, Tyrone has a lot of talent. I think he has a real opportunity to be like the talk radio guy in Philly.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I would actually, I would really like to see that. I mean, I believe I've, you know advocated listening to him on on this show before um i I just you know gee maybe you could talk a little bit about this because when i listen to sports talk radio the role of like producer is essentially a co-host on sports talk like i feel like that's the way they treat every one of these shows
2: i think that it depends on the host uh, I think if you listen to WIP's morning morning show, I, I don't know that you would necessarily even know who the producer was. Right. It because, seems like the afternoon shows take. Yeah, this. the the morning show probably uses the producer in the more traditional. Did morning.
0: Howard Stern really? Um, I don't know. Pioneer this type of thing where like the producer is. I think you that, know very very much an on air character.
2: I think that Howard Stern has his fingerprints over. Um, yeah, much of what radio. is talk radio now,, uh, you know, I think that that just the the way that a a a talk show host has to play sort of a a character that has both allows people into their personal lives as well as has different characters on air. I think that that's sort of all over any genre of talk radio as there is, as much as many people wouldn't want to give any credit to Howard Stern. But uh, specifically in Philadelphia sports radio, having some experience both um, speaking with other people in the industry who were producers for the various stations, as well as just listening my whole life, um, and that sort of being the genesis for why I wanted to go into that sort of career, I I will say that, It's very dependent on the type of host that you get. Uh, When I worked on a Saturday morning show, I was lucky enough both the hosts that I worked for for long periods of time were both the sort of uh, hosts that wanted that sort of back and forth with a producer who could also act as a co-host. But primarily the function of the producer is twofold. Uh, they are the one that is playing all of the sounds and and noises, for the most part, that you're hearing that is not the host's voice. In most cases, the host wants to strictly host the show. There are some that are old-school old, uh, old school radio guys that like to play their own sounders and start the commercials themselves, but generally it is the job of the, the producer to keep people on clock. And the other thing the producer does, and specifically in sports radio, specifically at WIP, they are the ones that do the call screening for the most part, except maybe on the busier shows like The Morning Show, you may also employ a second call screener. But for the most part, it's the producer that's – when you call up the show, you're going to get the call screener of the producer first. They're going to take your name, ask you what you're going to talk about, and then they will feed that information over the computer to the host. So that's why the host will sometimes, you know, the host will always say, well, I'm going to you know, let's take Dave next. He wants to talk about the flyers. That's how they're getting that information. You are screened before you call. You're not calling a radio station and going right Right. on the air without, you know, blind. So that's primarily the function of a producer but as you can see with like a show like Mike Missanelli, when you have a guy like Tyrone, you know, especially if it's going to be televised, um, you're going to see him them take kind of a, a different role. But he probably primarily started as Mike's a call screener and producer. And,
0: and Natalie is the person who reads the news.
2: Right. She's the uh, she's the update, what they call but the update. But
0: they are like a three-person show. Exactly. It, it really isn't the Mike Missinelli show. No, it, it really is really a three-person three person person show, show. Because, in my opinion, Mike isn't strong enough or ha- has a strong enough following on his own. And, I mean, I look, I want to hear what your guys' opinion on this, but I would prefer... look even though my last name is diorio i would really prefer to move away from old italian guy on sports talk radio and get some different voices in here and like uh, 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 you know josh ennis is a shit like uh, uh, that guy sucks but at the very least it was something different that we got to hear except yo cuz and "yo, it's a violation (laughs) it just gets so tired uh, of hearing the same thing and you flip back and forth the difference it's the same shit yeah that's i i mean that's
1: the argument for diversity isn't it like this just like throw at the field you're talking in it's just mix it up give you something new and give you a different perspective you know when you have you know i've jokingly used the phrase you know three white guys talk about race uh on this show when talking about racial issues um but it it's true the three of us have pretty similar backgrounds it's just you know what kind of you know ethnic philadelphia area catholic do you want do you want your irish or <laughs> italian or <your> polish like <laughs> Like that's our diversity, um, but it's having those different backgrounds helps because it's something new to talk about. And when you have either important conversations or just actually, let me, let's take it back from important issues and just talk about, you know, uh, sports. And I, I, one of the highlights, I was gonna say one of the highlights of my life. It was a good thing, but it wasn't one of the highlights of my life. <laughs> but it was a unique experience I had, where I got to be the only white guy in a, you know, Sunday poker game. It was me and a ro- rotating cast of you know four to four to six black guys, and um, we all like sports and we all like poker and we had a nice time. They didn't have a background with hockey before me, and my n- basketball knowledge is, you know, wasn't isn't great. And just a little bit of back and forth that we got over their relationship to sports and my relationship to sports and what we had in common, what was different, was phenomenal. And this is the time where we had um, Ray Emery on the team, you know, and like, oh, hey, the Flyers game is about to start. And it's like, hey, who, who's in net today? And it's like, oh, it's Ray, you know, Ray Emery. And it's like, oh, yeah. I always like to see him play, you know, not huge hockey fans, but you know, probably like most of Philadelphia, we like our Philadelphia area teams, but it was great just to have that back and forth and just to be able to talk and go, Oh, you know what? I never thought of it that way. I'll give you the, and the most embarrassing thing I ever did was uh, we had some, some game on I I want to say it was like the NBL all-star game and somebody was has gone up the court and they were talking about how he's, he's really, like dragon how he's really you can see like age taking its toll on him and me not knowing basketball going like well how how aren't these guys playing into their 50s and I didn't really understand you know how there can be these injuries in basketball where it's not a you know a contact sport where it's not a physical sport and they're talking about, you know, it's called the hard court for a reason. They're playing against a hard surface. I thought it, it was the hardwood. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean <didn't even> to <laughs> stop but... you tracks
0: there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, it's fun. It's just like the hardwood. Oh, maybe. <laughs> it's not called the balsa wood. I don't think they're going, well, Chuck, first thing you need to know is it's pine. It used to be oak. But, but what they're telling me is, like, oh, and it does a number on their joints. And I go, well, I mean, couldn't they change up the surface? Couldn't they change the surface to, to have less wear and tear on the joints? And they go, well, then the ball wouldn't bounce correctly. And I'm like, well, all right, then change the ball. And I realized in this 30 second conversation You fuckers I never throw had... a ball, huh?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that that's the moral. One?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, more or less, me and Pat Croce uh, are sitting there going, like, we can work this out. But I had come from an outsider's perspective and said, hey, here's simple fixes that would dramatically change the game. And if I'm sitting there and talking to another hockey guy, somebody without basketball knowledge, they would go, you know what? Yeah, why don't they why, – why do they get injured? Why don't they change the court? Why don't they change the ball?
0: I really and, like how fucking drunk Chuck at a, at a poker table is like all of a sudden going to revolutionize the NBA. I'm enjoying this. What other <laughs> ideas you got, Chuck? <laughs> but it
1: was a diversity of background, and you know we did talk about serious things as well. This was around the time, well, it was the time when o- Obama was running for president, and you know what his candidacy meant to those guys, what it meant to me, what it meant for the all of us at the table. You know he had done that um, that famous speech at the National Constitution Center. And it was right around the time we were playing a game and it was everyone went there and talked about how, what it meant to us and what we hoped for in the future. So this is a very long way saying that different perspectives are good. They provide different types of conversation. They share knowledge. So yeah, it's not a PC thing to say you want diversity. It's just more interesting. You know, it's just not an echo chamber of the same ideas over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see Chuck 100 years ago going like, Smith, I think you're on to something with these peach baskets, but the floor, I think we need to talk about the floor. First, I want you to put some water down. <laughs> then I'm going to want you to freeze it.
1: <laughs>
0: and now I know you yourself are a Canadian. Can you get some more Canadians in here? I think it's also worth noting that You know, besides what happened this week, the week before, uh, Missinelli um, challenged a Twitter user to a fight. Uh, (laughs) Did you guys see that? No. Uh, No. um, uh, Missinelli wrote to a person on Twitter, want to fight pussy? Station is at 1 Bala Plaza. Let's see how tough you are. (laughs) I, I you know you got to add that into the mix too on this.
2: I, I think this is. I a... think we
0: could save. I was gonna say I
1: think we could save people a half an hour of listening time if we led with that. <laughs> you know, pussy. All right, clearly Mike's off his meds. Next topic.
2: So so. I I think this kind of leads very interesting into the the other thing that I wanted to kind of cover before we wrapped up tonight. And um, uh, one of the things that I watched now, not this weekend, but the previous weekend was, and I don't know how much of this you guys uh, took in, but I watched some of uh, the match between uh, Tiger and um, Peyton versus Phil and Tom Brady. I think I have the matches, the pairings correct there. Um, And uh, the Tiger was with Peyton. Tiger was with Peyton, right, and Tom well, was with, yeah, with Phil. Okay. I think so. But anyway, so, um, and I, you know, I was talking to my dad this week, and I, you know, said how much did did you watch, and he he's like, you know, I watched a couple of holes, and he said the the thing that was most interesting to him was how the how how it was covered. I mean, considering you had basically just the the, the people shooting the the you know with cameras shooting the 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 event, and then you had. Um, you had the basically it was the inside the NBA guys because it was on TNT um, calling the the action, for lack of a better term. Well,
0: Barkley but, was great.
2: Yeah. But I, I said one of the other things that he said was interesting was basically, you know, if not for the technical issues, because they were in a downpour. They had microphones with the golfers and you were really getting to hear kind of right as things were happening, almost right up to the point where they would take take the next shot, sort of their back and forth banter. um, really ribbing each other like you would see if, if you were to, to, to take any group of four people out playing golf, uh, you know, com- you know but semi-competitively. Uh, so it was an interesting way to sort of shoot the perfect. I don't know that you could do that for the Masters. You're not going to stick a microphone in, uh, you know, all the competitors' ears and, and bug them while they're trying to, you know, play for a green jacket. But uh, I do like that they, they used this opportunity. And kind of speaking about diversity, it was a different kind of way to cover sports. One of the things that has frustrated me is that as games have evolved, the NFL has evolved, uh, Major League Baseball has evolved, maybe more than any other sport, the NBA has evolved. What you aren't seeing is the way games, in particular the way they're called, evolving at the same rate. Um, Certain times you'll see people try things. You'll see they'll stick Dennis Miller in in the booth. And honestly, you'll see a lot more whiffs than hits on those sorts of experiments. So uh, I was interested to see that here in this time where you could sort of take a chance uh, and and you were probably going to draw eyes no matter what you put out there competitively. It could have been it could have been beanbag tossing and you probably would have been able to get people to to watch That's it on. Um, yeah, I know. But, um, you know, and and. They, they, they really—I think—the home run they hit were they had the exact right combination of personalities between the people. Actually, the foursome themselves being a great combination of personalities, and the people calling the match being a great personality combination of personalities—that you got something that was very high on the entertainment value scale. Um, and it ties so nicely back to Philadelphia sports, and the thing I really wanted to bring up with you guys. Do we now? Can we say with all sent uh, with all confirmation that Nick Foles has taken up some sort of residence between Tom Brady's ears? Uh, is th- is that now something we can confirm that both Nick Foles and/or the Eagles? Like I, sa- I think I said to you guys, the only thing that is more obsessed with Nick Foles than Eagles fans are is Tom Brady and probably Gisele <laughs> Um, from having to hear how much you know. He hates Nick Foles. Uh, I thought that was great content when 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 uh, Peyton said, uh, um, I think he said something about like you know Atlanta and uh, Tom Brady said, no, nah, it's not Atlanta that makes me cringe. It's it's the Eagles. Um, yeah. You know that's that's kind of a great call out to to Philadelphia sports fans to know that you know the 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 one thing the goat wishes is that he was able to complete that hail mary.
1: And, and I believe Peyton like in pregame warmups it said like, yeah, you know, I had to pull out all the, you know, big guns here. The only thing I'm missing was, you know, you know, I was going to get Nick Foles to, to like be my caddy. And then like Brady stops what he's doing. And is like, that's a low blow.
2: I (laughs) I think, I think first he said, I'm going to get Eli. And then he's like, no, no, no. Then I figured I would call, I'd call, uh, and I think Tom laughed at the Eli thing. He's like, but then no, call, I thought I'd call Nick Foles, and that's when Tom kind of turned to him and was like, "That's low, bro."
0: Right, because because <laughs> Brady true. is Brady gets particularly annoyed at the Nick Foles thing because ultimately, Nick Foles is not a great quarterback, and that's the thing that like eats at him is he got outdueled by you know a guy who really isn't isn't up to his I don't know.
2: And spot. and yeah. and honestly, and and during this during this time that I've had no sports to watch I have watched the Super Bowl no less than 3 times completely and you know I what? and I the will Super tell Bowl,
0: you Super Bowl you know I got a bone to pick with Comcast here cuz the Super Bowl just like vanished from my DVR
2: it you, like the current Super Bowl or the one or 52? 52 52 that's uh, that's on un- that's not nice. They they shouldn't have had that vanish from uh, no, you. I've been watching it on YouTube. it or not? I hope not. I've been watching it on YouTube. The NFL, at least at the moment, still has okay. the entire still game that. still up, so you can still catch okay. it. But I mean, by statistics, that was the greatest offensive game in NFL history. It was the most yards put up between. Two teams. I can't
0: imagine that'll ever be, be beaten.
2: And I don't yeah. think that will. And I think that that's another thing that that eats it at Brady is he was involved in the greatest offensive game ever and played lost. and he lost. And, and he, there was one yeah. defensive play made in that game. One defensive <laughs> play made in that game. And you know, there's a certain what? amount of pride that I take in knowing, uh, first of all, there's a certain amount of pride that I take from objectively that there's no way you cannot say that that. Super Bowl of the fifty-two that are there. It's not in probably, and I'm going to say it's in. It's in like maybe the top five, top three, maybe. It's just objectively a very, very entertaining football game. Uh, Would I have ever watched it again? Had we lost? No. But um, you know, since we won, I watch it all the time. You know, uh, there's
0: and this is going to turn into like a whole other conversation, but that Super Bowl, the 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 thing about that Super Bowl is. And when I, you know, I'll compare it forever to, you know, that championship to the 08 Phillies championship. And, you know, there's just something extra special about it being the Patriots that the Phillies didn't have because it was the Rays, And, you know, I almost wish Boston would have won that ALCS because I feel like that championship would have meant more ultimately in the grand scheme of things, had we taken down, a perennial power like Boston or or even the Yankees the year especially the Yankees the year after. Well and that's if, the if thing if is- the Phillies won in 09, the 09 World Series would be much more of a feather in the cap than the 08.
2: Well and and if you just think about 09, you you we would be talking about the absolute heroics of, of Chase Utley, the absolute heroics yeah. of a guy like Pedro Martinez. You know, we would yeah. be having real serious conversations about, you know, that's two rings for Jimmy Rollins and Ryan Howard. We would be having real, right. like, different conversations about From
0: Cliff Lee, yeah, you know, you know do we need Roy Halladay?
2: Right. We would be having a very different conversation about that Phillies team had they had they won that World Series. It's it's a it's a wonderful thing to kind of, like, return in your mind, but yeah. I, I will always say, thank God we did win in 08. because oh, for had, sure, for sure. Had, they oh, go, yeah. had we gone through that whole era of baseball and not had a single ring then uh, what are we we're basically the 90s Braves you know what I mean that's the one thing that we have we're we're also the
1: Rays you know that that's the big difference between the Phillies and the Rays you know lost to history was that it was not a bad Rays team we beat now they're they weren't all-time great but it's you know they were consistently good to very good team and they didn't win anything. They made the one World Series appearance. You know, you know, their their skipper went off to win the World Series with the Cubs. I mean, so it's you know that Rays team is just like, oh, who did the Phillies win their World Series against? The Tampa Bay Devil Rays were they an expansion team? Like it doesn't hold that same that same weight of beating the Yankees of beating the Red Sox, hell, beating the Orioles. It just, it, it doesn't compare.
0: Yeah. I'm just like, I mean, that team won 97 games. You know, I mean like the, 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 the 08 Rays were a legitimate team. Did they fit? Yeah. They won. They won the AL East.
2: Yeah, no, they were a good squad.
0: But yeah. for some reason, in my mind, just to, I mean, like, look, any team that makes it to the championship deserves to be there. Ultimately, I mean, they're a quality team. Just you know, get, getting the position to be able to play in that game, you know. Uh, so in in twenty seventeen, who did it was a who did the um it was the Jaguars, right? So the Patriots beat the Jaguars to make it to the Super Bowl. Now, had the Jaguars won that game? And the Eagles had their championship. The, our last two Philly championships, where we beat the Jaguars and we beat the Tampa Bay Rays. Like, what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> when, when history looked back on this. Yeah, th- that you let the
1: computer finish your season, and you're like, <laughs> "Who did we beat?" <laughs> like this. Uh, this is obviously fake. I can't I'm even enjoy this, this shit. Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> quick poll Chuck Dave and I kind of talked about this a little bit before we 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 hopped on the mics um will there be baseball this year simple yes or no um
0: uh, no
2: I'm sorry major league baseball yes major league baseball <laughs> there may be little league baseball
0: well there's now. not going to be minor league either <laughs> well, you got to you got to rely on the the Koreans for this that's all that's all you get so uh, are you guys both know as well
2: yeah i i mean honestly my my take was if you if they weren't ready to start basically the equivalent of their summer training this week by the time they get themselves ramped up we're going to be into now mid-july and i mean unfortunately unlike the other winter sports i know this was something maybe we wanted to touch on briefly um Unlike the, the winter sports, you you can extend baseball into much further than what it already is. Uh, if you get into November... Well, it depends
0: on which neutral site you want to play the game. I
2: mean, with. yes, you would have to take a page and, and do this hub city sort of thing. It, right. it just, but it seems to me that Major League Baseball sticking point goes back to the fact that Major League Baseball has a, a fundamental um, system that is set up that players are... Uh, always going to be suspicious of ownership and ownership is always going to try to um, get as much as they can for back from the players to a certain degree major league baseball created their own Frankenstein here in this situation because they pay their players more than any other sport. They have no real hard salary cap. uh, So the salaries have gotten out of control with their players. And now when they get into a situation like this, they want the players to who they've allowed to have these, Salaries balloon to the numbers that they are. Now they want they want to. Oh well, well maybe maybe no no. You guys won't make so much this year. Maybe that's that's too, too much money. And, this and, whole and, and they've kind of created their own monster.
0: Yeah, the the whole the, you might as well forget it. Like all the plan we talked about in the last episode, the MLB plan, the Harper plan, uh, the the money split. No one's agreeing to any of this. So really everyone's going to lose out on everything and no one's making any money this season and really i think the best we could hope for would be some sort of uh and this is my new idea that i just came up with you guys are going to be the first to hear it i'm going to call it the sandlot series and we get uh we get like um i don't know 30 guys and uh Every game they pick they pick teams, and the teams play, and you know, the players that have the most wins at the end of the uh, at the end of the Sandlot series win some sort of bonus. I think that would be fun.
2: So, do you think that there's going to be some depression that's going to set in if there's somebody that's picked last more than once?
1: <laughs> Probably. Well, they had to take you that just rotate the, the
0: captains, though. That's the thing. So you know, you always get to – <laughs> That would be fun toss the bat up you know, in the air and then do the hand thing, <laughs> yeah. Yep, good for an audio oh. podcast. My visual demonstration of the uh, well, I think we
1: both did the capping of it. Everyone heard like they heard the pause of it going up the bat, and then we
0: everyone heard the cap. You ever like, actually do that only on I a think video once game. in my life,
2: yeah? Only on a video game, <laughs> only in the video game, yeah. yeah. Backyard
0: baseball, <sighs>
2: yeah. I, I did watch Wiffle Ball. The Wiffle Ball League did uh start their their season up uh last week. They had highlights of, of their first weekend's uh games. Um so if you're curious. Is
0: Wiffle that Ball. the one you know where they get um like a pan? You ever see this? <laughs> A pan like the, there's no catcher, but there's like a pan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's or, exactly it. Yeah, they We're, have that
2: with it within and it it dings basically if there's a strike. Yeah, so
0: if you hear a noise, it's a strike. That's a strike. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. Yeah,
2: and, the, and most real, of these places they, quick, they've they've kind of adapted so that they have stadium ish, you know, fields. Okay.
1: We we put the junkies in sports junkies. <laughs> like, how many times this show have we talked about like? We talked about Korean baseball. Like, I've been playing a lot of poker online. Like hey, <laughs> I'm Cornhole watching wiffle ball into
0: this conversation and somewhere. Cornhole,
1: right? the the match, like you know that marble racing that like John Oliver
0: is gonna be sponsoring. It's you know we're just looking for our fix. <laughs> yeah, and that's why you know UFC. We talked to UFC uh the, you know anything that's live at this point um you know we need i mean like look the sports is such a th- this is what happens when there's no sports we, you can't escape what's really going on in the world and that's horrible there's yeah. not a lot of bright spots it is so you know i mean look there's tons of other things that like i you know wanted to get into I mean uh what about like ESPN and all these documentaries? Are you guys watching any of these?
2: I, I, I did not I, venture I, I, into the I did not venture into the one that was on uh, about Doc uh, that aired this weekend. And uh, if you want to give us like your your, your encapsulated book report um, real quick, it, it might not be a bad thing. because uh, sure. I think I asked you if it was worth watching. And uh, so, you know, if for those of us that may have well, missed it, should we catch it on demand?
0: Yeah, if you uh, if you are very familiar with you know uh, Roy Halladay and his career and his story and the news events that happened, you're not going to learn anything really new. Um, what I didn't know, or at least I don't remember if I knew, <laughs> was that in that um, in that game five against the Cardinals, and uh, what was that 2011? that's when really all the trouble started and, uh, during that game, he had like a pop in his back mm-hmm. yeah. and, um, it, you know, was a, um, it was really, that started the, uh, the downhill progression of, uh, you know, opioids, uh, addiction and, uh, prescription drug addiction and stuff like that. Well, the, um, the
2: interesting thing oh is God, that- that's hard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, the- and then another thing I did. So he, um, the, these prescription drugs that he was on, uh, he wasn't prescribed them by the team doctor. Uh mm-hmm. He was referred uh, to a Florida doctor by another player on the Phillies uh, who he basically just paid cash to and, and he wrote prescriptions for him. So there is some shady shit there. Um, oh, wow. There's a it looks like, uh, you know, I, I think it's been publicized about his relationship with Kyle Kendrick. Uh But.
1: I I don't know what you're insinuating if, you're, if, if you don't want to get into it. I'm not hat, insinuating
0: but... anything. It just seems like they were close friends. Oh, Okay.
1: I wasn't saying they were like like close friends. I just didn't know what the, the friend, punchline was. roommates, lovers, you know.
0: I, I wasn't insinuating anything. It was just like yeah, that seemed like they they were they were they, close they friends. were cool.
2: They they. It's,
0: yeah uh so yeah there's some tidbits like that it's very well done but i mean like there's nothing um earth shattering there if you've been following along if you're like not very familiar with it check it out because you will learn a lot but you know all these SPN docs these uh 30 for 30 e60 and stuff it's, it's all really well done yeah uh i know uh the second part of the lance armstrong uh documentary was tonight so i am eager to check that out the first part was really good
2: what's their take on on lance are they are they trying to kind of uh Re establish his legacy, or I mean,
0: you know, if you watch the preview, there's a quote in there that's uh, I forget who's speaking, but I think it's like a former teammate of his or something. But it's like, you know, I I don't even know where the line is between a bad person doing good things and a good person doing bad things is, and that's I mean, I guess that's a good way to say it. I mean, like, obviously, we're only halfway through right now, but. You know, I know in a couple of weeks we're going to have the uh, the Sammy Sosa Mark McGuire summer thirty for thirty. Yeah, which, I'm actually you know, really. I know, excited I know you're that. going to get me in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Oh, I this is the first hearing about
1: that. That's that's amazing. I will, I will watch yeah, so them next the,
0: week. We got uh, we have the Bruce Lee doc, and then oh, the next good. week is the is the Sammy Sosa Mark McGuire. But that you know, was
2: that was my my freshman year in college, and basically the only thing that I could consume that fall <laughs> was who hit a ho- I mean, because I had literally had two channels uh, on my TV in my dorm room. I had ESPN and I had the Game Show Network. And the Game <laughs> Show Network showed, like, episodes of uh, Press Your Luck Bart from shark. 1988. So I knew most of the results. So, uh, you know, I watched the highlights. So that was, you know, that kind of like became like the thing that I followed on those long fall nights in, in, in Center Valley
0: yeah um but you know and we're gonna see a dichotomy between those two those two and and the i almost wish they were back to back and move the bruce lee one out because of the way performance enhancing drugs plays such a huge part on both of those but i you know i feel like what i'm gathering here is like in in cycling it was like really everybody did like you had no choice if you weren't doing you know uh, i forget whatever the drug was but it it boosts your red blood cells whatever it is but if you weren't doing it you just were not able to compete yeah you you just couldn't couldn't do it so really every single person was doing it It, with the baseball stuff you know we all know that they're not every single player was doing it so um there i don't know how it makes me feel about lance armstrong i guess i'll probably have a better take after this the second part but Whatever. And then the the Jordan stuff. I'm like on episode six of Last Dance. I'm still really like moving through that very slowly. But I, I just the ESPN's really killing it with these docs. It's
2: it's it's they had to kind of reinvent themselves in order to sort of stay in the conversation. And um thankfully they had kind of started this process within the last decade. Um it's amazing because that's kind of tying it back to what we were saying about you know, sports announcers. I I really am excited to kind of see what that evolution is going to be in the way that we have broadcast uh, games when we start having competitions back, but maybe without fans. Um, we're going to have to, the, you know, we're going to need people to tell the story of the games for us uh, and also know when to just let the players on the court, as much as we can listen to them, uh, tell the story themselves to a certain degree. Uh, And this could lead to some very interesting and intense moments that are going to be unlike anything we've, we've really ever seen before.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So um, let's wrap it up there. And um, before we go, uh, I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who listens to the show and um, all the support that everyone has given the show as we uh, hit our 10,000th download and listen this week. So it's kind of like a mind bending number as we've been doing this show for a couple of years. Now, Gina, are we are, we on episode 100? When are we hitting 100?
2: We are, we are just like weeks away. We are, we are on, I believe 96 or 97.
0: Yeah. We're going to have to do, um, I don't know, a video dance or something. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hoping that
2: it will line up kind of nicely with like maybe the start of the, of getting sports, back i think that yeah would be that, a, would be, that would be that'd be kind um, of a nice thing to have our 100th episode be our first back uh with some you know real
0: yeah probably not hockey but maybe the english premier league will sink yeah something up, uh, something that
2: us. that is truly uh you know a sport is back
0: <laughs> all right so uh uh i guess that's it then for this week another another beefy episode so um uh, If you haven't done so already, please remember to like, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, please be sure to check out The Whip Around for all your weird news updates. Uh, And uh, we'll be back next week. So have a great day at work, everybody. We are out of here.